0: Welcome everybody. Just excited today. A little bit of different avenue for us and something that I uh, was planning on doing for a long time. I've got Scott Long here. Scott is an athletic trainer um, by trade. Someone that I've known. We've known each other now for probably three or four years.
1: Yeah, maybe. close to
0: that. Um, so pretty excited to have Scott on the show today. And the reason I asked Scott to be on the show, him and I are actually on the road together this weekend. I thought it would be a good opportunity to talk and scott is a competitive shooter and it's something that is intriguing to me because as someone who has hunted his whole life someone who has been around firearms and and uh, all forms of hunting i know nothing about shooting handguns or not enough to feel comfortable or confident enough in doing it at all so scott thanks for well for uh joining us today and i'm excited to kind of get into this conversation
1: yeah not a problem um i'm Excited to to talk to you about it. Obviously uh, Firearms is is both a part of our lives and um, Right, you know from from an early on stage. So um, Just to forewarn the the audience like I'm not a grandmaster or anything like that This is uh, (laughs) definitely a hobby. I don't have any sponsors Um, But yeah, I've uh, I've done competitive shooting for two and a half three years almost okay, so um, I mostly do, uh, what's called, uh, USPSA or, U- uh, United States practical S- shooting association. And okay. basically the, uh, the name of the game is, uh, accuracy and time. Um, so, uh, right. I won't go into all of the, uh, the rules and, and how things are, sure are, uh, scored, but basically like you have a target and there's different scoring zones, and it's usually best two hits per target unless stated otherwise, and uh, each uh, each zone is worth X amount of points, and then you divide all the points that you get throughout a stage and divide that by time, so you want to be accurate and you want to
0: be fast. Sure, okay. Um, well, I'm, I'm probably neither of those. Yeah, neither um, am I. I'm,
1: I'm still working on it.
0: Yeah, well, I, I, I've seen Scott shoot, so he's being very modest because if we were talking comparatively, um, he would be the uh, Annie Oakley of this conversation <laughs> uh, or any other comparable of, you know, a Doc Hollywood or something that uh, someone could assimilate with. But, um, you know, I think that it's interesting when you start talking about the differences between you know, say a long rifle or a shotgun and comparatively talking about that with a handgun. Yeah. Um, like I said, you know, myself personally, I mean, I grew up shooting mostly shotguns, upland birds and waterfowl and things like that. Um, that progressed into turkey hunting. I really didn't get into big game hunting until really I was out of college. Um, you know, I was around friends, family, stuff like that, that, that had done big game hunting And it was just something that my dad did a little bit when he was younger. Growing up on the farm in South Dakota and stuff, my grandpa always, you know, he would shoot a deer every year. And it wasn't that you went deer hunting because you, you know, wanted to go find the biggest buck. You wanted meat to put in the freezer, you know, in the 50s and 40s and stuff like that. You know, times were different. Yeah, And hunting was a... Function of of harvesting meat, yeah, and not necessarily for how big a deer you could shoot. It was well. There's one running down the fence row every morning. I'm gonna go shoot that thing so we have more food at home. Yeah, um, and for some reason, like my dad just never, uh, it never appealed to him. And I think he he told me at one time that he had had an experience where you know he had shot an antelope, I think, or a deer, and <clears throat> the first two experiences he had with. Um, you know, taking down a big game animal, he had to kind of finish the, you know, finish the hunt process a little bit, you know, probably vulgarly sure, to put it nicely. Yeah. And, and it just didn't, <clears throat> didn't appeal to him. So I didn't really get into it until later on. And we just never had handguns, yeah. um, uh, as a, aside to that. And so for me, my first real, uh, handgun that I, that I've ever owned is fairly recent. And until I, um, had an experience in the, in the high country with bears, um, where I've been archery hunting and you you feel like, ah, I'm, I'm hunting elk and I'm hunting whatever. And, and all of a sudden I had to run in with a bear and I kind of thought to myself, what am I going to do to protect myself other than the fact that sure, I could, you know, shoot it with a, with a bow. Right. Which uh, will obviously work, but maybe right. not as quickly or, yeah. or as effectively as yeah. You
1: might piss them off. <laughs>
0: yeah, my, I might piss them off more than anything, and I might have my hands full for a little while and, and hope to God I don't miss. So, yeah. um, so I purchased a handgun, and I can recall like the first time I went to the range with a handgun and thinking to myself like, um, what do I do here? You know. Right. So talk. Let's talk a little bit about that from your perspective. Like, how did you get into Um, shooting, you know, shooting into the handgun side of things. Like what's your kind of history, you know?
1: Yeah. So I grew up, like I grew up around guns pretty much my whole life. My, uh, I grew up in, in Southern California. I'm from Southern California, but my dad is from, uh, the Kentucky Southern Illinois region. And so, you know, firearms is, is a part of life in the Midwest. And, and so, um, I, I want to say like the biggest or my first experiences with firearms is like shooting a little BB gun in the back of my grandparents' backyard. Right. Like they had one of those little mini steel trap uh, things and you'd hang a target in front of it and I would just go to town and shoot thousands of BBs uh, right. over the summer. Yeah. And uh, so I, I want to say that was my first experience and then... Um, I want to say I was like 12 years old so, or somewhere around there and got my first like Marlin bolt action, 22 rifle nice. and learned how to shoot with that. And then, um, shot that quite a bit. My dad would go take, take me to the range. Like he would bring his pistols, but, um, I don't think like strength wise, I was, I was ready to, to handle a pistol. And I want to say I was maybe like, 13, maybe 14 when I handled my first pistol and uh, It was that at the range and I absolutely hated it I hated shooting pistol cuz yeah. like I wasn't I wasn't super comfortable with you know A small explosion going off in my hands and you know I was used to sure being comfortable with having a stock of a shotgun or mm-hmm. a rifle in there and stuff like that so like early on pistols didn't really appeal to me at all right and by then like i'd shot uh my first couple games of trap too and like i was like oh man like that's cool and i was was a pretty decent shot yeah and it's it's a lot cooler seeing something explode in in the air compared to like you know shooting a pistol at a target and you know kind of squinting and seeing if if he had a good hit or not so it wasn't i don't know i didn't i didn't really get into into pistol shooting um until later on and so kept kind of cruising around with uh, uh, with shotguns um and there was a, a a small like trap range in Redlands where where I grew up and I had inherited my grandpa's like uh, Remington old Remington 870 with like this huge barrel like I want to oh, yeah. say it's like a 36 inch barrel something
0: ridiculous it's the Classic, like maybe the the rim, the eight seventy. Yeah, I, I think probably has touched the hands of like eighty percent of hunters and yeah. and sportsmen in the country. I, I still I own one now that yeah. was given to me when I was a teenager, and I I can't even imagine the number of rounds that have gone through that and the oh, amount geez. of of things that I have it, from shooting trap with it to. Birds to like, I shot my first turkey with that yeah. gun. Like, you, you you, name it. So, like, it, yeah, it's funny that I think whenever you have these conversations, for some reason, an 870 always finds its way into a conversation yeah. like, hey, how did you uh grow up? Oh, well, I had an 870, and yeah. it's like, I, it's maybe the most, it has to be one of the most highly uh, you know, purchased or circuit or circulated guns. Oh, for sure, shotguns. In, yeah, in, in,
1: in it's got to be the biggest sold or the most sold shotgun like worldwide it has to be
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, i think uh if anybody has info on that i'd, I'd yeah. be happy to throw that little stat in there but yeah um yeah it's it's uh, that's funny to, to hear that so. yeah
1: so i inherited that and uh i want to say it was like towards the end of high school and First couple of years of college, like, <clears throat> I'd go down to the trap range after after a little bit and get get a couple games in. And I remember, like, asking my mom to uh, to buy, like, boxes of shells for me because I wasn't old enough. And right. so, like, I would drive her down to the big five
0: and, you know, hey, yeah.
1: like, here's 20 bucks. Go get me a couple boxes.
0: Yeah. And then... Back uh, when 20 bucks would buy you a couple boxes, yeah, mind you, right? Like, I know. Yeah, now, now if you shoot high dollar or... or uh, high quality, you know, if it's like the bismuth and, yeah. and other things, like you're looking at, that not barely buying you a box. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, it's it's so crazy, like all the different types of loads that and and things that you can you can buy for competitive, you know, competitive shooting and competitive trap and game loads and stuff like that. And I remember like shooting at uh, at the Redlands uh, Trap Club. And some old geezer that had, uh, you know, it was probably like a centauri or something like that. You know, some sporty oh, yeah. un, over under, yeah. and uh, like he was giving me shit because you know I'm basically out there with a field gun, but I kept up with him. Well, yeah, which was which was right. great. So still
0: still does the job. Yeah, you just you just don't have that uh, level of, of prowess and yeah. Chrisiness. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. A, a, a good good friend of mine. Um, he got into shooting trap. This has been quite a few years ago now. And as he got into trap, it's, it's actually, it's funny that you say that because within like a year of of shooting trap, he's like, I think, I think I'm going to buy that Browning Satori. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, that's a $2,000 gun. He's like, well, just, just for trap league. And I'm like, No. No, no, I don't, I don't think so. And, and he's the type of guy like, um, that it, it's, we always joke that if you, if you're, if you're not ready, if you don't have your gun up, you're, it's already done. Right. Because he'd go out and he's a guy that shoots 97 out of a hundred every week, you yeah. know? And so we, we would always have some traditional hunts every year, dove hunts and duck hunts and things like that. And, uh, you better be on the ready. Because uh, old Sean is gonna probably knock him down if you're not <laughs> up, if, you're, if you're not if you're not up and, and uh, you know shouldered, you're too late. Yeah, <laughs> so. for sure uh um, but it, that that's funny so yeah. but the 870 it still it still works oh yeah hands down exactly yeah, yeah it's, that, it's, that's my point cuz i'm i'm next to you with yeah. that same 870 yeah yeah for sure uh
1: funny side story so recently so i bought like a i thought i was going to get into three gun and stuff like that and i bought like a pretty nice like three gun shotgun yeah and uh uh I had this like it has like this extra tube on it for extra shells so it's like a 12 plus one gun and i right. pulled up next to a, a couple folks in, in colorado with that with the longer extended tube and everybody was looking at me and i still knocked them down <laughs> um but to to kind of continue my my history so then college hits and i'm broke i don't have time for shooting right um mm-hmm uh then i go to to uh grad school out in ohio i'm even more broke and <laughs> have less time for shooting and stuff like that and i know exactly this how yeah. this
0: all feels. i would yeah. say very similar path on my part yeah yeah
1: so like i probably wouldn't touch a firearm until like maybe once a year if i you know saw my dad or you know met up with some buddies or something like that and then We moved out to Colorado and, uh, my girlfriend now wife, um, it was kind of one of those situations of, all right, whoever gets a job first, wherever wins. And so she ended up getting a job first, uh, there in Denver. And so, um, during that time, like I'm looking for, uh, employment and, and, uh, you know, doing whatever gigs I could to to make it help make ends meet, and in the meantime, I had a lot of time to kill, and so <laughs> uh, I did. Like, I would just go down these rabbit holes on YouTube, and one of them was uh, looking at competitive shooting, which is the last thing that you should be looking at when you're not it's so person. cheap, right? Yeah. So oh, for very sure. very cheap. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I'm watching all these videos and, like, watching these old, uh, like, USPSA matches and these old, like, three-gun matches, and I'm like, oh, I want to do that. I, I got to do
0: it. and
1: But I was broke. Right. <laughs> yeah, so. So
0: things are matching up nicely for yeah. you. You got a lot of time, yeah. no money. Yeah. This little uh, thing, of course, the rabbit holes, you got to yeah. love that. Yeah. Uh, we, we, that's a whole other podcast, but. Yeah. Um, so, oh, man. so, so you're in, so you're like, how am I going to do this? Yeah. So gotta figure this out. Yeah.
1: I'm sold. And right. so, um, I, I was gifted a, uh, Beretta 92 FS, which is the civilian model of the M9, which the army had used for years and years and years as their mm-hmm. service pistol. And I liked it cause I thought it was a cool gun. And, um, right. I, I kind of have like a, I'm a little bit of a, a history buff and like a nerd like that and stuff. So I was like, eh, I kind of want one. And so um, I find a job. I'm getting money. And I'm starting to look at, again, these videos of like, okay, what do I need to shoot my first match? And so I piece together whatever I think I need on the low like budget end. So I get uh, like this... Rinky dink holster. I have all these like rinky dink uh, magazine pouches that I clip onto my belt, like a total noob status. Yeah. And uh, going into my first match, I had taken like my defensive pistol course to get my concealed carry and i shot pretty well in it and you know you're drawing and you're reloading and you're kind of shooting on the move and stuff like that i'm like oh i'm gonna smoke people on my first match (laughs) i'm gonna do great The confidence level is high right out of the gate you're like i got this yeah just big dick swinging no big deal nice yeah rookie of the year yeah and i show up early uh to help set up stages and stuff like that and um I uh get into get into my first match and my hands are literally shaking. Right. I'm like, oh my god, like just don't don't get DQ'd. Don't get DQ'd. And uh I got I think I beat maybe one guy, but he got DQ'd. So technically I was last (laughs) for my first match. But after that, like um my first match I met a really good buddy of mine that I still shoot with today uh Ryan Emmett and that has kind of introduced me to a bunch of other dudes that I shoot with so um I just got just got interested in in pistols after really kind of going down rabbit holes and I wanted to do something competitive mm-hmm. and um you know get back into firearms
0: right so I I kind of Figure it out that this was something that you did because Scott Scott and I were originally introduced. He had met uh, a coach that I work with, and through that, Scott reached out to me and said, Hey, um, you know, I'm an athletic trainer. He was working through one of the hospitals in the area that had a contract with some schools in the area. He said, You know, I'd love to come over and just kind of see what you guys do, spend some time hanging out. And really, that's where where kind of our relationship started. And now, as we fast forward, it's it's kind of cool because that's manifested in some other things uh, in terms of us now working together, and then having some common interest with with these types of things and uh, amongst maybe some other stuff. And uh, as most people, you know, you start following and gaining interest in in uh, you know what uh, all the people that you're around do. And all of a sudden, one day, you know, I, I come across, like, your Instagram page, and I see you post a video of yourself, you know, whether it was in a competition or shooting, and I'm like, holy crap, like, Scotty, what, what's this all about? <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm like, this is pretty gnarly, dude. Like, you you, you didn't even, and at this point, like, you no know, lead-in to, like, oh, hey, yeah, like, I... Do, do this or like I like kind of you know shooting guns and stuff yeah. and it's so like my first time I ever saw anything or even knew anything about this was like this video where you're like jamming through this course just yeah. boom 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 you know reload and go and move and and you know like you see in in the videos of, of people doing stuff and I'm like all right we got to talk yeah right so um so we've talked for a long time about these things in different kind of capacities and stuff. and and one of the things that I think from a, a person who's, again, novice would be probably a compliment to me, sure, um, at this point in terms of what I would consider my ability in handgun, um, you know shooting precision knowledge, even. Yeah. Um, you know, what where did you where would you say? is you know, maybe it's a two-part question, is a starting point and how do you progress from someone who's like, I just hope that I can learn how to hit a target, let alone do something like what you know I consider to you be really proficient at, which is now, you know, going through these courses, being super accurate, super fast, having a, a high level of skill. Like where does someone that say take yourself goes back and looks at this and goes I want to do that yeah right
1: yeah man so that that kind of goes back to, to me going down the rabbit holes on on YouTube and stuff and so basically um first of all like I I had to keep in mind the safety of the firearm and you know make knowing the what is it like four or five golden mm-hmm. rules of, of firearm safety and so that sure. was that was like the number one thing that I had to kind of relearn is um you know making making sure i knew how to uh function the firearm or use the firearm properly and know Mm -hmm. its functions and so to be honest man like um i i did a lot of learning online and whenever i had a question or like oh you know what do i do uh if this type of malfunction happens, or right? You know how how does the ninety two FS work? How does like the nineteen eleven work and stuff like that? So um, I basically used uh, like YouTube and, and online um, resources as as my guide as questions came up, and so. Really, it was like me kind of going to the range, making sure that I had all the stuff that I needed to go to the range where, you know, in simple indoor range where you hang a target and send it out 10 yards and let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it was, it was mostly the, the first things were, okay, um, what does a proper sight picture look like? And a lot of people use, um, for our typical, like pistol, um, pistol sight setup It for iron sights is you've got your, uh, rear post that has the notch in it. Mm-hmm. And then you have the, the front post. And one of the most common sayings was equal light, equal sight or equal, equal light, equal height. And so, um, if you're looking at and focusing on on the front post uh, you want to make sure that it is level with the back post because if it's if it raises above then uh, you're going to shoot high or if it dips down or if it's lower then you're going to shoot low mm-hmm. and then equal equal light is is there an, is there the same amount of light or same amount of space between your left rear post and the front uh front sight and your right rear post and the right. front sight. And so once I kind of got that figured out and, you know, did that mental chunking of what a good sight picture looks like. Sure. Um then th- then I focused on like, you know, trigger squeezes, making sure that I'm not pulling or pushing and it's nice and easy and you know I'm able to control the recoil with good grip and right. um, I did a lot of that um, not only at not only at the range but through uh, dry fire which is basically you're handling your firearm at home in a, in a safe area you know, always keep in mind the uh, the rules of safety in mind um, right. and you know using uh designating one wall as as your downrange wall and you'd put targets up and stuff like that and so it was just uh getting used to drawing and presenting the firearm and uh you know getting used to reloading with uh, empty magazines or dummy rounds and stuff like that and so Mm -hmm. it doesn't cost any money to do that because uh, you're not you know you're not sending lead down range so i would say the majority of my practice early on was was dry fire and um, then i used whatever i would learned in dry fire and took it to those standing ranges and um then as like things progress like okay well i'm you know dialing in my reloads pretty well like I'm able to get back on on site pretty well um, then that's when like in the competition world you start to do that stuff like on the move because like I said the faster you you shoot the right. more points you're gonna get and so you have sure. to you have to be confident uh, confident and competent in, in those movements and you know I still have a, a ton to learn and you know there's tons of guys that do it way better than me right. but that's where that's where it kind of started was just really um, using a lot of online resources. Like I didn't really go to a class or anything like that other than my defensive pistol course and was quote unquote self-taught.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and so I know a couple of things in there that resonate with me. Number one is you talk about sight picture and those types of things. And, and, you know, my brain immediately went to, you know, North, South, East, West, mm-hmm. you know, as being, what that, you know, equals, equal height, equal light, or, you know, that, that saying. Um, And I think that's probably what I've noticed personally right away was, you know, the first order of business, because it, it is so much different than a shotgun or a long rifle, because that, that length and the amount of distance that you have in terms of barrel really helps you in, in terms of that precision uh, and ability to, you know, find a target, mm-hmm. right? And and again, the difference also being that when you look at a shotgun, you're getting a much larger cast of, you know, what you're capable of, of hitting with a single shot. right? Whereas, you know, the similarity between a long rifle and a pistol is probably a lot more similar based on the fact that, you know, you don't get to hit a generalized area. Your precision goes down. And then when you take that barrel, and now that barrel is four inches, five inches, or whatever. Right. That, that's what you're saying in terms of sight, picture, and whatever becomes so huge. Because the the slightest amount of east, west, or north, south, as you take that downrange, can mean a matter of feet, Right. Yeah. Very, very, very small micro adjustments, and so like I, am like rewinding in my head as I think about some of my first times going to the range shooting a pistol, and I, I'm literally aiming the pistol, and and I had a guy at the range who's kind of like coaching me up just a little bit, and, and I remember like a level of frustration where I'm sitting there going like, I've shot firearms my whole life, I'm not even hitting the target, right, and I'm going like. The target's, as you said, 10 yards away. Right. And I'm like, what the heck's going on here? Well, my sight picture at that point, I don't even know what that means. Right. I'm not even in the right realm. And in that short a distance, I'm literally not even on paper. Right. Based on the fact that I haven't acquired that skill yet. Right. And the amount of minute kind of adjustments it requires to actually be accurate, to me, is just like... It was very humbling because I'm thinking like, oh yeah, you know, you, you look through, you line up your sight, you pull the trigger and right. it'll just hit that. Yeah. And it was like, not that way. And I remember the first time at the range, like I put somewhere in the neighborhood of like 200 rounds down range. And by the time I left, I was like, did I get any better today? Right. You know, like, and literally left kind of like, huh, well that, uh. That was not very good. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah.
1: No, I, I I completely agree man. Like there's a there's a lot of people that think that um you know, pistol shooting will will be easy and I think I think pistol shooting gets romanticized by uh by the media like sure. you know, movies and video games and oh, stuff like that. Like yeah. you know, I'm I'll be honest, like I I play Call of Duty, and you know I, I like <laughs> the guns that they have in there and stuff like that. But you know it's 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 a lot harder than what people think.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. You know it's like you you hit it right in the head. Like the the romanticizing it, where it's so funny to me how unrealistic. Yeah, things that we watch and and you know whether it's movies and stuff like that, where you know the the reality of a lot of those scenarios where it's a guy just, you know, on the run and, like, comes around the corner and he just like, oh, yeah, boom, look at that. Like, he f- freaking hit that, you know, bad guy or whatever. And you're like, yeah. um, that's yeah. not very likely. Right. Like, uh, I don't think that actually is right. very highly probable that a guy makes that kind of shot. So, it's funny that you say that because, like, I do think that's it's very true and very accurate. Um, so, fast forward, right? Yeah. We've learn how to shoot you, you know, you spend all the time. Like, what would you say was your length of time for going from someone who's like, this is really cool. I'm going to invest some time and obviously a little bit of money into this. Um, you show up at your first event. Uh, you, you dip your toe in the water and realize like, whoa, I'm definitely not as good as I thought. This is yeah. the real deal. Like, how long would you say that process was for you to get to a point where you're like, I think I can be pretty good at this because I th- I know like recently, um, I think it was this spring. You know, you you entered a contest that you went to um, did did very well. Um, won uh, uh, another gun uh, that was it the X XR.
1: Uh, so it's the Springfield XD XD. Excuse me. Uh, yeah. Forty
0: five. Right. You know, and so it's, like, you went from uh, I, I beat the guy that got DQ'd to that. Like, yeah. what what's your, like, y- your progression over that time? Like, what would you consider to be other than just time itself? Yeah. Like, how did you go from that to actually being competitive and, and to a point where you're, like, I'm going to go in here and win this thing?
1: Yeah, yeah, so what's what's really cool about... Uh, kind of the practical shooting scene in Colorado is there's a lot of really good opportunity to uh, to compete and that can be anything from like a little rimfire uh, bullseye matches at, at your local indoor range and, and bowling pin matches to um, you know USPSA and three gun and there's even some like uh, long range precision type stuff so the the opportunity in Colorado is really great and there's a ton of really good shooters that um, compete on the national level and, and some guys on on the world stage too so um, I would say from like going from bottom to bottom of the barrel to you know somewhat respectable was like maybe a year year and a half and that that was. You know, me showing up at local matches and, and picking the brains of um, some of the, the grandmasters. And there's like different classifications of right. of guys and, you know, the grandmasters who have been shooting forever and, and just absolutely beat st- stages down. And um, I want to give a shout out to a couple of those guys like Charlie Perez, uh, Sam Chin, Richard Clare uh, Dean Wallen, my buddy, Ryan and, and Nico and, uh, Henning Walgren and, you know, tons of people, Lauren Horner, Josh Horner. Uh, there's, there's so many good people like in the shooting community that want to help and want to make people better. And so, um, you know, just kind of being like a little shadow to those guys and like sure. listening to their stage plan and stuff. And, right. um, and uh early on I, I read a book by uh Brian Enos called um what was it? Practical shooting beyond fundamentals. And Brian Enos was a guy that was was big time in like the mid to late eighties to early nineties in competitive shooting and did a lot of like Bianchi Cup and stuff like that. And he came out with a with a book that really goes into like not just teaching you how to shoot but like the mindset of shooting and that really spoke to me um, on a performance level and he talked about like five different focuses of, of firearms and stuff like that and five different focuses of, of the shot and so that was really cool but yeah I would say I would say it took about like a year year and a half and I'm still learning like I'm you know I right everybody's learning like yeah. you even the grandmaster guys are, you know, still taking classes, and there's someone that's always better than them, and they're always picking stuff up. So I would right. say that, you know, I, I was in the mix after maybe a year and a half
0: of, of yeah. getting out there. So what would you say? You know, you've reached at what I would, from from a, outsider looking in sure. standpoint. Like I look at it and go, well, if I wanted to you know go the route and and i think for me i don't have a lot of interest in you know the competitive shooting piece sure but i have a lot of interest in becoming much more proficient with a handgun yeah right and you and i have talked about like we need to go to the range and i need to you know i need for you to look at me and be like you're an idiot what are you doing yeah like uh do this or focus on this or try this or whatever right um but from your perspective, like what's on what's on your like what's next list? Like what are you what are you looking to progress into, or or are you where are you? You know, I I like where I'm at right now. Like, are you chasing the carrot? Anything with you know yeah. with your shooting?
1: Yeah, it's just uh, over the last little bit. It's it's been difficult to kind of get out just because uh, as an athletic trainer, like, and you know, in sports and sports performance, like you know, we work when everybody else recreates. <laughs> Right. True. Very true. Yes. <laughs> so So, um, you know, so over over the last little bit, it's it's been a little bit harder to get out, but I still have that competitive bone where I want to uh, increase my uh, classification and, and get better in that. And um, you know, I'm not I'm not to the point where like I want to go to nationals or I want to go to these like huge major matches that are in like Florida and Utah and stuff like that, like. I, I'm okay with like being in the mix for for the sectional stuff because that's that's who I enjoy shooting with is is my buddies and right. you know the people here in Colorado and um, met a lot of really cool folks from like Wyoming and Idaho and stuff like that and New Mexico and like, I, I, I'd be cool with like being in the mix with those guys sure um, and You know, as far like as far as learning to be proficient with a firearm, um, I think it's I think it's a good idea to really look up some um, some reputable folks on uh, on the Internet and, you know, look up like firearms training and some things that I personally would look out for is okay is even though that you're not interested in competitive shooting, like, is this guy a competitive shooter? Because those are the best shooters in the world, in in my opinion. Sure. Um, and you know, is this guy uh, a certified instructor through like the NRA, or um, you know, there's there's a handful of of other organizations out there. And how long has this be- person been doing it? And is this uh, person maybe like former law enforcement or right, uh, yeah. former military or something like that? And there's a lot of There's a lot of folks that are really good about, uh, putting out like a certain persona on Instagram and on Facebook and and on the internet of like them being some, you know, tactical type guy, but if you get the guru, right. The guru. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everybody's, yeah, you know, and they can be like a forum guru and give advice and stuff like that. But if you watch this guy, like he sucks. So, um, I think it's really important to, to see like how long somebody has been doing it and you know, what, what their background or resume is <clears throat> instead of, yeah. and you know, I've seen it time and time again where, um, cause I used to work at a gun range where a guy would bring his girlfriend and just because you own a gun doesn't make you like, uh, doesn't make you in a position to be able to give instruction. Because I've seen, like, dudes give their girlfriends, like, terrible instruction, and obviously they're going to fail at the shot, or they're going to fail in whatever they want to do. Right. And then they get frustrated with the girlfriend, like it's their fault. It's like, no, dude, you're just not equipped to be an instructor. Right. 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 So...
0: Um, I think that's really common. Yeah, J- just for like sure. I think you you can you can span that out a long ways. You know, it's like I think about things in in our line of work, right? right where it's the same thing. Where um, I do work with a ton of people in in tactical environments, stuff like that. And then every like this week, I'm talking to um, some folks that work in the fire community, right? Right. And one of their what's considered to be their peer fitness people that's within one of the stations says, "Oh, well." You know, we're supposed to be the go-to for this, but uh John over there is like, the guy's a freak. Like, he, you know, he's super fit, whatever. And like, other guys in the station go to him instead of me. Right. You know, and it's yeah. like, well, John's just a guy that works out a lot. Yeah. You know, and, and it really has nothing to do with his ability to be an expert. He has a high interest in an area. Yeah. Right. And so, like, I think that's kind of what you're talking about, yeah. where just because you've spent a ton of time at the range or... Maybe you're even pretty good at what you do. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have the instructional capability, the quality, or the clout or background. Really, you know, it's a good it's a good start to that path, but it doesn't automatically mean it's a natural step that you go. Oh, let me show you how to do this now. Yeah, right. Like, and I think that 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 happens everywhere. Yeah. So that that doesn't surprise me. I think that's I think that's human nature in a lot of regards. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. And, you know, to, to kind of go back on that, too, is, uh, you know, what do you, like we said, like, what do you want to learn? Like, proficiency at, at the handgun? And, you know, there's definitely dudes that will um, give you that. And and to, to kind of piggy off off of that, like, I had, I had heard of, um, you know, some defensive, like, pistol courses where you, all you do is take uh like take a test and you're in a classroom for the majority of the time and you maybe send like 20 20 bullets down range like that's not good right you know right. so you know you you definitely have to do your research and each little region is going to be different and each community and, and state and, and city is going to be <laughs> going to be different but you know you just have to do your research of and right. figure out
0: like who's who in the zoo for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, well, I know um, kind of to, to kind of bring things full circle here. Uh, I think, as in most cases, we can continue. We could probably talk the rest of the day. For sure. You know, where we just keep expanding yeah. on uh, other nuances and things like that. And, and I think it's, it's interesting because even just listening to your path as we go through this, like, there's things that I learn more about other than the fact of what I just know of where you are today. Right. Right. So it's like learning uh, how you've progressed through from, you know, younger to today and and your interest and the things that you do now, like um, uh, it's awesome. Right. And it's something that is, I think you get addicted to that stuff. And, um, and there's a level of, of stimulation there too, like the competitive piece, like uh, something that I think what you see a lot of, in these types of, of hobbies and activities or whatever is there's never a level of perfection that's attainable. Right. 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 And, um, it's funny cause as you were talking about that, you know, finding someone who is extremely qualified, extremely good at what they do and you look at, you know, as you go through like getting to a point where it's like, what's the ultimate. Right. right. And I, I was thinking of a scenario where uh, years ago I had worked with a, a basketball player and, um, he, his brother played in the NBA and I won't name names, but his brother had won a, an NBA championship and actually had won an NBA MVP. Okay. And, um, I remember watching cause in the off season he would come back and they would work out and train together and stuff like that. And I went and watched him one day do a shooting, uh, workout and they did shooting workouts you know daily two three four times a week or more or whatever and it was all the things that you expect right it's it's shooting from all angles it's shooting from all scenarios dribble and shoot pass and shoot shoot and pass you know like all these other you know variations of working on becoming the best you can be right and and I'll never forget watching that where you have a younger guy who his mission is to shoot and make shots. And his older brother, who is obviously at the one percentile right. of capability, he's at the top of what is considered to be the best of the best in, in that discipline. And every shot that his brother shot was a bank shot. It didn't matter where he shot it from. Didn't matter how far away. Right. He, every shot he shot was a bank shot. Because his level of skill and his level of proficiency was so high that shooting to make it wasn't good enough. And then he was like, I'm going to shoot every shot to be a bank shot because I want to try and heighten my level of focus. I want to heighten my level of discipline, my heighten my level of, of execution. And then he would finish every workout where they would have to make 10 free throws in a row. Yeah. And he, his brother would shoot to make 10 in a row and he shot 10 in a row and couldn't hit the rim. Yeah. Everyone had to be a swish. You know, and so I think that it's interesting when you think about, you know, similar scenarios, right? Where it's like, where do you lie in that continuum and how far do you want to go within that? Right. And I think it's acceptable at all levels. Like, you you don't have to be the person who finishes with 10 swishes. Right. But can you be the person that finishes with 10 makes? Right. You know? Yeah. And um, it's hard, I think, at times to want to, you know, always keep pushing out. Like, how much better can I be? How much better can I be? Um, And at the same time, like not make it be so much focused on that as it is the experience. You know, you named a lot of people that you've been around that, you know, now consider to be friends, colleagues, acquaintances, and whatever, right. and become something that you enjoy doing. And you've had a level of success with it, you know. Um, and, and to me, I think that's that's awesome. And I think um, that's maybe my closing remark is like, if it's something that interests you, you know, find out where that level of comfort is for you. Right. Like is your mission to find some camaraderie and find some belonging and, and maybe stimulate your you know desire to be better at something. And then how far do you go with that? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and so the one thing I was going to give you to to finish out here is um, I know you have a podcast of your own. Yep. Um, I've been graciously uh, asked and, and uh, was able to do the, uh, your podcast as well. Um, tell the folks about your podcast, um, so they know where to find yours as well. Cause I would recommend Scott had some, he's had some awesome people on there and I know he's going to continue down that path, but your, your podcast is named what?
1: Yeah. So I actually, uh, actually have technically two podcasts. The one that you're on was called the articulation of sport podcast where we talked about, uh, lacrosse training and, um, you know what it's like to be a strength and conditioning coach in lacrosse uh the one that i'm currently working on is called the resolute sports medicine and performance podcast and that one's uh aimed more for the sports medicine professional so we'll dive into top topics about uh, you know i just released an episode about uh vision training in sports uh, i got to talk to uh a athletic trainer who goes to armenia uh for um for his organization and and do things out there so um if you guys are interested in in that type of stuff uh be sure to subscribe to the resolute sports medicine and performance podcast and you can find me on uh, Instagram at Resolute underscore sports med and uh, just want to say thank you for, for having me on it's it's a pleasure to talk about firearms and you know yeah, be able right. to shoot the shit a little bit
0: yeah no it's, it's awesome um, I, I think hopefully it's very insightful and uh, enjoyed kind of just getting a chance to sit down and talk shop a little bit more about yeah. it I think that uh, it fires me up to want to get out to the range and, and work at being better I think I'm shooting a lot more closer than being the guy who can have 10 makes, um, as opposed to 10 yeah, swishes sure. at this point. Um, uh, but hopefully you can help me with that. So, yeah. uh, greatly appreciate everybody tuning in today. Hopefully you enjoyed our conversation with Scott Long today. Highly encourage you to go out and check out Scott's podcast as well. And we look forward to bringing you more of these in the near future with a host of different topics and a host of different people that, we look forward to engaging and uh, learning more about. So until next time, we'll see you guys. If you need anything or would like to hear something specific from us, you can always email us at hunthikeharvest.com or uh, our email address, excuse me, is uh, hunthikeharvest at gmail.com and uh, we'll be happy to hear any of your requests and maybe you'll be one of our hosts coming up soon. So until next time, happy hunting. I think we did all right. Yeah. Oh, Shisa, it's my dad's birthday. Ooh
2: got to call my pops. Yeah, you do. Yeah, it was,
1: that was
2: good. Hello and welcome to the Hunt High Carvest Podcast with your hosts, Jason Hirsch and Joel Rather where we bring you everything from training tips to nutrition, as well as industry leaders and those from the field to better enhance your hunting experience. And now, without further ado, welcome our hosts, Jason and Joel. Thanks again for joining us on today's Hunt, Hike, Harvest podcast. We appreciate you tuning in, and we look forward to having you visit us again in future episodes. In the meantime, follow us on all of our social media outlets on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as subscribe and like our YouTube page at Hunt, Hike, Harvest Outdoors or H3 Outdoors. Have an interesting topic, someone you'd like to see on our podcast or a current trend that you see in the field that you'd like to see us cover? Email us at hunthikeharvest at gmail.com and maybe your questions will be answered in a future episode. Until next time, thanks again for joining us. We wish you all the best in your outdoor adventures and we look forward to seeing you again soon. Happy hunting.